It's weird, I don't like it. <laughs> we used to do this with the microphone between the two of us. Yeah. And because I, if I've got someone in the room and I don't have a book in front of me, you know that I'm desperately trying to make eye contact. I don't like it. I hate this. I'm going to sit here the entire time with my eyes just like, <laughs> with my hands on my eyes. Like I've got to be looking down at the book a lot. Okay. So you'll be safe for me a bit. <laughs> Welcome to Fred and Barricades, a lame podcast. My name is Numa Martin. I say them pronouns. I am your host. And as I probably kept in at the beginning, I'm pretty freaked out because Stevie is <laughs> sat next to me. <laughs> and um, this is the first time we've done this in uh, quite a while. Did we did we the hundredth. Well, I can't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one doesn't count because that's like a fever dream. Oh God, is this oh, really yeah. bad? I remember doing one in the last house, my last house. Oh, I've moved. This is Stevie, <laughs> they pronounce, uh, primary researcher. I've moved house since our last record. And you may have been able to hear that in the last recording. Mm. I can't remember if I mentioned that in the other episode. I feel like we did a silly special one where we watched movies. Oh, yeah. I remember being sat on my floor. Yes, I do remember that. But was that Owari <laughs> Nakitabiji? That was like, must have been two or three years ago. Did we do Man in the Iron Mask after that? Or Anakitabiji? Oh, we did the Russian animated one. Did we record that together then? I don't know if we it's ever been years. Yeah. <laughs> It's been years! It's been years! Yeah, and so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, not that the audio quality of our normal episodes is good, but usually I can edit out when I am um, making weird noises in the back. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm usually spinning in the chair that Stevie is now in, and I can hear the chair that I'm in, it's like creaky, but um, yeah, so... Uh, if we sound terrified <laughs> by how much time we actually spend together off mic <laughs> as soon as it's on and we're in the same room well acclimatized it's fine yeah 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 uh speaking of acclimatizing i don't know mm-hmm. well let's pretend that that does segue into what we're <laughs> up to today we're on book 12 corinth mm. or would you pronounce that any differently i'm not okay. sure i mean that's how i've heard it but then yeah I, but and I then would... i was looking at the e on the end and was like corinth i don't know <laughs> corinth sounds better mm. Chapter one, the history of Corinth, and that's why I was like, no, it's a history <laughs> chapter. But it's just one chapter. I thought it was really the full book. Mm-hmm. So we just gotta get through this. Mm-hmm. And you you never like to see the phrase, if we may, for the sake of clarity, be allowed to avail ourselves of the simple device we have already used in connection with Waterloo. <laughs> I was like, no <laughs> Back to Waterloo, let's go. And I was then read the rest and was like, what the fuck is he talking about? If we were put our minds all the way back to Waterloo when he was first telling us about one of the battles and all of the areas and he was like think about it like a I'm pretty sure it was the letter A where like this street connects up to this street at the point of the A and then across street on the A this time we're looking at an N Mm -hmm. so just I'm not gonna get in it (laughs) but just picture the letter N which he he says imagine a letter N. So don't picture, imagine it. And that there's a load of streets whose names I don't think I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did um, read about this in, I think it was Graham Robb's biography. It's one of the ones, I've read like 10 books about Hugo in the last week, so I'm really <laughs> out of it now. But there was one, like, it was talking about him like getting his editor to go and like walk through the streets and stuff and be like, <laughs> what is it like now? And then purposefully getting it wrong because he wanted to be like in the good old day <laughs> it's just been so long i'm chewing my best to harken back to this end that has some extra lines so not really like an end at all that's so fucking hugo <laughs> i can't also imagine him being like walk these streets editor what does it like how does it make you feel alphabetically <laughs> getting these bird's eye views of these streets i guess from yeah. a tall roof yeah well we're fucking with some streets that form the letter n the like uh later in his life he did go in a hot air balloon um when he was back in paris so after oh. Les had come out but uh. yeah so um yeah that is a good question i was like oh i remember that <laughs> oh i bet that made him so happy yeah he did like them <laughs> he wanted to send like secret letters from guernsey <laughs> to france for in a hot air balloon, Via balloon. <laughs> yeah. 
the most subtle of transportation. Exactly. <laughs> Napoleon won't ever see this coming. I guess you wouldn't, because you'd just be like, the fuck is this? Yeah. Although no man is as audacious as Hugo, so maybe you'd be like, okay. Yeah. We've got some crisscrossing streets that are labyrinthine, one might say. Mm. So just have that in mind. And in, amongst these streets and its many houses, there's one that's only two stories high that a celebrated tavern had been happily located in for over 300 years. And because it's in this good position, surrounded by all these labyrinthine roads, a lot of thoroughfare, it's got good business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's passed from father to son. It was, what was it originally called? Pot of Roses. Oh, Pot of Roses. <laughs> but a artist at one point used to come all the time and loved it so much, he just painted some current grapes on a pillar. Huh. And the tavern keeper was like, yeah, okay. And <laughs> altered the sign with some gold lettering. Oh, raison de Corinth. And then... Hugo's like, oh, you know, drunks just fucking love to shorten things. So it just became known as the current. <laughs> the downstairs was the bar, upstairs, billiard table, spiral staircase, wine on the tables, second floors where the family lives, two places for the maids. I don't know how much of this. I was like, how much of this do I need to read out? But I'm like, I based on my movie <laughs> facts, we're probably actually going to spend a lot of time in this building, so I will take the time. <laughs> and the kitchens on the ground floor with the bar room. Pear Hushaloop. Mm-hmm. Hushala? I don't know how to say it. Uh-huh. I've only ever read it. Who is the current... Well, was the owner. Might have been born a chemist, but the fact is, he was a cook. And he invented a stuffed carp dish that we should recreate for our own enjoyment. Yes. I wish he gave us more details on what was stuffed in the carp. It's some kind of meat. Hmm. So I'm imagining some deliciously flavoured mints yeah. crammed into the belly of a carp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want us to get a, a, a mix of meats, grind them ourselves, and then <laughs> stuff it through the mouth of the carp. <laughs> Not in the belly, the way God intended. <laughs> yeah, we'd like force feed the fish, <laughs> push it down its gullet. Uh, like we're making pate. Yes. <laughs> I think it'd be great. It's carp or grass. <laughs> um, and people actually came a long way for it. I don't know if they're going to be coming a long way for our one, but <laughs> I do like the the description of he, he he would have been a chemist, but he was born to be a cook or whatever mm. it was. Like that's such a like. Um, character in a film where he's like smoking <laughs> drinking wine with the like one regular who's left at the end and, yeah <laughs> it's like um could have been a chemist but i was born to be a chef <laughs> same thing he had written a sign with his special made-up carp or grass dish but had his own flair for spelling so it was actually carpe ho grass. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's meant to say with a rich filling, usually of meat. Mm. And then from the rain, washing some of these letters off. <laughs> now yeah. it's instead of carpes with an s ho grass, it's now carp ho grass, which is Latin for seize the hours. <laughs> oh my god, Hugo loves it. I, he bef- he definitely worked that backwards, right? He yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like. Was this real? He liked to visit places, but you're like, no, this is too fucking Hugo. <laughs> so it was that not knowing French, Père Houchelot displayed a knowledge of Latin, drew philosophy from cooking, and simply wanting to banish Lent proved himself a match for Horace. What was impressive, this wording also meant come into my tavern. <laughs> oh my god. Hugo. Oh, he loves himself so much. He does. And he loves a, he just couldn't love puns and wordplay more. <laughs> None of this exists today. So you can't fact check me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this whole neighborhood has kind of been leveled and become new things. Corinth was a meeting place of Kufarak and his friends. It was Grantaire who discovered Corinth. He went in because of the carpe. Horace, and returned because of the carps or grass. <laughs> so he came for the philosophy and stayed for the food. Oh my god. That's pretty... I was going to say that's pretty mean, but I don't think that I would go anywhere there. 
that philosophy anyway. Yeah, I think we'd be like, I we would come for the food, and then maybe if someone said something good, we'd be like, I guess I stayed for the yeah. philosophy. Oh, Pahushalop, he was just like a great man, mustachioed, very jolly, but he looked bad tempered. So he'd like wanted to intimidate customers. Mm. He wanted nothing better than to frighten you, like those snuff boxes in the shape of pistols. <laughs> But he was just like warm and gooey at heart and just like wanted everyone to be welcome. He was a fencing master, loud mouthed, easygoing, comic at heart, outwardly tragic. Yeah, he's just the guy. The snuff box and the shape of a pistol is such the like, those lighters that look like a gun. Yeah. See, he's 100% the like guy behind the bar who's like, <laughs> pulls his gun. <laughs> Sadly, he died in 1813. Oh, you make this old man rip him away from me. Every single time. He's like, what's the quickest speed run I can do for making you love an old man and then kill him? And with him went the secret of the stuffed cup. No, that's why I couldn't write it down. Hugo was like looking to go back in oh. 18 after 1852. and like... He's gone. Leaving an extremely ugly bearded wife. Great. Who was inconsolable, but tried to keep the tavern going. But standards have dropped and the food becomes shit. <laughs> the wine had always been bad, but now it's a bonhole. <laughs> but Kifrek and his friends keep going out of pity, said Bosway. Mm. God, fucking Hugo. Widow Hushalop was short-winded and misshapen <laughs> with some rustic memories. The upstairs of the, where the restaurant was is big, lots of... Stools and benches and trestles. I wonder what we're going to use those for later. <laughs> Don't worry about all of this wooden <laughs> furniture that I'm cataloguing right now. <laughs> oh, I do like this. Every piece of four-legged furniture behaved as if it had but three. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah. Whitewashed walls. There's no decoration except for a little verse someone has written about her. Mm. She's a wonder at ten paces, frightening at two, with a wart on her wobbly nose, you're in constant dread that one good blow and into her mouth it goes. He has nothing but disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to fucking best. Her yeah. husband's just died, and here Grantaire is. 100% Grantaire. <laughs> <laughs> a good chance. They've got two serving maids, Matilet and Gibblet, Gibblet, Charlotte, Giblot. <laughs> Shall I look? <laughs> yeah, I would also say Matalot and Gibblet. Yeah, which means fish stew and rabbit stew, and that's just what everyone knows them as. Who knows their real names? Fat, round, red-haired, and strident. Once the deceased Hushalop's favorite concubine. Metalot was uglier than any mythological monster, yet, just as befits the servant always to give precedence to her mistress, she was less ugly than Mam Hushalab. <laughs> Great. Oh, Hugo, he fucking hates the, like, red-haired woman who yeah. works in a tavern. Yeah. And then Gibbelot. <laughs> That's just definitely not how it would be pronounced in fact. <laughs> yeah, the most British people pronunciations of it. <laughs> uh, she's lanky, delicate, lymphatically pale, droopy eyelids, exhausted, um, <laughs> waits on everyone, even the other serving maid, because she's so meek, sleepy, kind of smile, just very fatigued. And anyone entering the restaurant would read the following line, chalked on the door by Kufarek. Oh. Enjoy if you can, and eat if you dare. <laughs> oh my god. He, that, yeah, at least his one is more camp about it. Yeah. These boys are such shit. <laughs> but then you're like, if they're some of the only people coming in and, like, we're about to see spending, like, a shit ton of money, you're yeah. like, at least you're supporting them while being <laughs> Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And that gets on to our main chapter of today. So much boys! <laughs> <laughs> That's what the title is called, So Much Boys. <laughs> so we know that there was the group of boys, I should have written it down, but it's like, what, Enjolas, Kufarak, Combefer, was it Jehan? Who are the boys go like getting their fits ready before the funeral oh, in yeah, Mary's I think, wasn't house? Wasn't Fui there as well? Fui might have been there. Yeah, surely. So they're all getting ready, checking their looks before the funeral. Mm. And meanwhile, at the same time, we've got this other group of boys. 
And they're literally actually doing the brunch yeah, <laughs> before yeah. the revolution. So we've got Legal, who was Bosway. Yeah. I had to look, double check that. <laughs> Who lived at Jolie's more than anywhere else. The two friends lived together, ate together, slept together. They shared everything, even with Shetta occasionally, who was their mistress. Yeah. Their joint mistress. So, just boys being dudes. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like, you can't get more canon than that, really. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, we sometimes have a third, occasionally, yeah. when we feel like it, yeah. but... I mean, fandom very much sees them as like a polyam. Yeah. Right now, but. Slept together. Which is not. Because I feel like if it wasn't. Because mm. we know that Marius has been couch surfing at Kufarex <laughs> for ages. Yeah. But he's never been described as those two sleeping together. Yeah. So, what are we meant to think? <laughs> they were what among junior monks are called bini, which is Latin for two by two. So they literally, like, do not separate. Yeah. Do not sell separately. <laughs> so, morning of the 5th of June, and they've gone to eat at Corinth. Jolie has a blocked nose. Mm. And once again, I'm like, did the fucking musical need to make up that the Tenardiers are the comic relief <laughs> when there's so much stupid comedy already in this fucking book? <laughs> like, your comedians were all here. We've got, oh my god, my brain. My best boy. Not my buff. Who's my other boy? Fauchelevance, Gavroche, and the boys. <laughs> Jolie has a blocked nose that will become very relevant mm. from a heavy cold that Bossuet was beginning to share. Like, we share everything. <laughs> <laughs> Too much tongue down yeah. into the throat. God. Uh, legal is coat was threadbare and Jolie is smartly dressed. Nine in the morning when they arrive at this pub. Um... <laughs> And for all that they're like, oh, the food's shit now, they're like, I would like oysters, cheese, and ham. <laughs> it's like, that's brave to do at a fancy restaurant. <laughs> the tavern is completely empty except for the two of them on their morning date. And they've already got a bowl of wine, so truly brunching. <laughs> it's like way less like brunch and more like in Croydon outside the pubs at 10 o'clock. There's a guy drinking Guinness. <laughs> But their wine and oysters and cheese at nine in the morning is giving me you're in the airport. <laughs> then you're like, oh, time's not real right now. I'm going to eat and drink whatever the fuck. I mean, assumedly, this is still the period where oysters is poor f food rather than rich food, right? Yeah, I guess so. But oyster that doesn't make oysters less likely to kill you, <laughs> to like not sit well in your yeah. stomach. Also. Paris is further from the sea than London is, right? Yeah. So, and in the 19th century. Like, where did these oysters come from? <laughs> Brazenly ordering oysters, mm. which they've just started on when Dead Wheel arrives. I was just passing by and I caught the delicious smell of brie. In I come and it's Grantaire. Yeah. <laughs> so he joins them. So when the two boys had sat, Gibbelette had put one bottle of wine on the table, and now that Grantaire has joined them, she adds two more bottles of wine. <laughs> now that's the kind of regular. <laughs> yeah. Busway's like, are you going to drink those two bottles? And Grantaire's like, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Do you even need to ask? Uh, why are you asking? The others began by eating, Grantaire began by drinking. They were just, it's literally just some fucking gays at branch, like, kind of riffing into each other a bit. <laughs> like, oh, you must have a hole in your belly. And Grunter's like, you certainly have one at your elbow. What are you wearing, queen? <laughs> I have to tell you, Busway, of the funeral oration, your coat is old. Busway's like, I should hope so. It means we're a happy couple, my coat and I. It's adapted to all my physical quirks. It's moulded itself to my deformities. <laughs> Uh, I'm aware of it only because it keeps me warm Old coats are just like old friends That's right, cried Jolie Like, yeah, back up my man <laughs> An old goat's an old bait <laughs> Because he's got a blocked nose Oh, I, right, yeah <laughs> So, whatever the French version of this, like, teehee The, our translator has That he would have been saying an old coat's an old mate mm. I'm assuming, but an old goat's an old bait mm. And yeah, there's just literally such like, why did you need to try and make silly, funny characters? These guys are literally like, <laughs> let's lighten up the atmosphere for two minutes and just like tell jokes. <laughs> uh, it's just a drag queen breakfast. <laughs> 
But then they're like, oh, Grantaire, have you come from the boulevard? And like, no. Because the two boys had seen the funeral procession go by. It's a marvellous sight, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, wow, it's real quiet. Who would suspect that Paris is in turmoil? Then Grantaire basically goes on one. It's like, oh, I've just swallowed a bad oyster. <laughs> uh, the oysters are off. The servants are ugly. I hate the human race. That pile of oyster shells they call a library puts me off thinking. All that paper, all that ink. I don't know. He's just like really goes on one for like three pages. How yeah. much of it do we want? He, go, he goes to places because as we recall, he's also got the ADHD brain. So like, <laughs> he's getting between these topics somehow. Mm. Bumped into a woman he knows that's like, oh God, now she's like excited to be dating a banker soon. Women are susceptible to practicalities no less than good looks. Oh, because he's a banker that has um smallpox scars mm. he's like oh she was a good girl she used to make a living fitting the eyelets into corsets she was content and now she's a banker's con- consort the awful thing is the little hussy is as pretty today as she was yesterday at least roses <laughs> look gross after they've had parasites on them <laughs> oh my god um, he really is that gay man who is just so mean about yeah, everything. No respect yeah. for women at all. Just catty. Basically, he's like, let's just like not believe in anything because everything sucks. <laughs> um, there's only one reality: drinking. So now there's going to be another re- re- revolution, is there? So you, well, I guess with all of Hugo's things, where you'll go from being like, oh my god, you just like cannot for one second lay off with it. <laughs> But then he does say some really funny shit (laughs) that I enjoy that he's like, because there's another revolution coming, he's like, wow, basically God is so busy, like, he keeps having to grease the rails of events. Whenever, like, something's going to shit in the world, it's like, quick, a revolution. (laughs) And, like, as if God is, like, the one making these happen. Mm. I wouldn't have any emergency measures to fall back on it if I was God. Oh. From time to time, something out of the ordinary is called for. As if, like, so, when things go to shit, God's like, fuck, uh, revolution! (laughs) Whenever you least expect it, God places placards and meteor on the wall of the firmament. Some weird star turns up with a huge tail trailing after it, and as a result, Caesar dies. Brutus stabs him with a knife, and God attacks him with a comet. Suddenly, there you have it, an aurora borealis, a revolution, a great man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is a man who is day drunk. Quite drunk at (laughs) nine in the morning. Yeah, he, I was like, nine o'clock is very early for him to have gotten up. And I was like, oh no, he hasn't slept. He hasn't gone home. (laughs) A revolution proves what? God has been found wanting. He engineers a coup d'etat because continuity between present and future is thereby resolved because God himself has not been able to make the two ends meet. Seeing the sh- seeing the fate of humanity, which is very shabby, and even the fate of the royalty, which hangs by a thread, there's pauperism everywhere. I suspect God isn't rich. He's keeping up appearances, it's true, but I sense the strain. He stages a revolution the way a merchant with empty coffers gives a ball. Beneath the divine gilding I detect in an impoverished universe. That's why I'm unhappy. I've been waiting for daylight to come since morning, and it hasn't come yet, and I bet it won't come by the time the day is over. That's negligence of a kind you'd expect of an ill-paid shop assistant. I do wonder, I wouldn't have had this thought before, but if that is about Napoleon the Third, who is currently during Hugo, like the person who exiled Hugo, like the kind of idea of God making mistakes and all of that kind of thing of... Uh, the person who is like in charge and who is basically gilded and uh, being like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Oh, mm. wait, actually. Uh. <laughs> Underneath all the pomp and circumstance that's all falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. He did mention Napoleon. There being two Napoleons fucks me up. <laughs> yeah. Because earlier when he was talking about the like, Caesar dies, Brutus, blah, blah, blah. Napoleon given star billing. And the comet of 1811 at the top of the poster. But which Napoleon? <laughs> so you're like, oh, I don't remember the Napoleon timelines. But yeah, I would, comp- I would see that. Mm. Absolutely. And another thing! <laughs> it's like, with children, those who want them haven't any, and those who don't want them have. Result, I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty relatable. <laughs> yeah. 
It's humiliating to think I am the same age as that coot legal my friend Bosway I am at the table with <laughs> because he's bald. Uh, <laughs> All the same, I criticise, but I'm not rude. <laughs> like, ah, I don't know. I wasn't cut out to be Prussian. That's to say, forever toing and froing like a shuttlecock. There's many things that he wishes he could be. Most of all, a Turk. I don't understand why Turks are generally looked down on. There's some good in Muhammad. All due respect to the inventor of Seraglios and Huris. Huris, I think. And Paradises with... Obliesques? Yes. Wow, I know this passage pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Off by heart. (laughs) Let's not insult Islam, the only religion graced with a hen house. So you're like, oh, let's not be rude about this other religion. And you're like... I don't fully understand all those words, but I'm sure that this wasn't anything good you just said. Yeah, my my translator for my one um, did a little note on it and was like, either Grantaire or Hugo is mixing up Huris and Seraglios and Obliesques or something like that. Like, basically, he uses them in the wrong way. Like, interchangeably? Yeah, yeah. Or one has a meaning that the other one doesn't, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, he's talking about like sex work, right? Yeah. Or like um, uh, courtesans and harems and stuff yeah. like that. But he's like changed the meanings around and stuff. I got that from the Grace for the Hen House. You're like, that can only mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why he wishes he could be a Turk. Yep. It appears that all these imbeciles are going to fight each other to get themselves killed, to massacre each other. <laughs> um, when they could be going off into the countryside with some creature on their arm to relish that vast aromatic cup of tea that is new-mown hay. I don't see you going off and doing that, Grantaire. <laughs> That's how it is when an oyster and a revolution go down the wrong way, I become miserable again. So he's just, like, drunk and offline. Yeah. Speaking of revolution, apparently Barrius is badly in love, <laughs> <says> <laughs> so easy to stage yeah yeah where's our like waiting is it waiting for Godot <laughs> or that what, what's the, the version and we've definitely talked about it before is it from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yeah. yeah where it's just these three in the pub and it's only in the last like second of the play that they're like revolution's begun yeah 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 but we can get other shit that they've said throughout this book and mm. they can be having it all out for 90 minutes on stage <laughs> Or uh, a solid 55 so we can take it to Edinburgh Fringe. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, now we're back on the hot gas. Do we know who Marius is in love with? <laughs> Doe. No? Doe, I said. <laughs> Marius in love? exclaimed Grantaire. And then he is the like, wait, I'm a catty queen. Let me <laughs> sort myself out again. I can just see it. Marius is a haze and he must have found himself a mist. <laughs> That doesn't even mean anything, but you're like, yes! Yeah. That is a wine-drunk gay man at 9 (laughs) a.m. Marius belongs to the poet breed. Whoever says poet says madman. (laughs) Marius and his Marie, or his Maria, or his Mariette, or his Marion, they must make quaint lovers. I can tell what it's like. Ecstasies where kissing's forgotten. Chased on earth, but coupling in the infinite. (laughs) (laughs) They're sensual souls. They lie together among the stars. (laughs) They're just like, but that's literally what they are. Like, (laughs) they like didn't even didn't they not even realize they were they had kissed the first time they actually kissed. They were just like fucking accurately read. Yeah, and they were like sitting on the park bench, just like the night sky above them. (laughs) Anyone reading Marius of Filth can turn around what they just (laughs) said. And then just then, the plot catches up with our 55-minute play. <laughs> so Grantaire's about to start on his second bottle of wine when a newcomer emerged from the staircase. It was a boy less than 10 years of age, ragged, small, sallow, very long-haired, rain-soaked, and happy-looking. And I was like, there's only one boy. <laughs> Instead of a man, we have a boy. But it's a different boy. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but you have a boy, Hugo. Just use your boy. Unhesitatingly choosing between the three, the child addresses Busway. He was like, yeah, that's my nickname. What is it you want? Well, a tall, fair-haired fellow on the boulevard said to me, come to this pub. You'll find Monsieur Busway there and you give him this message from me. A, B, C. 
voice like, is that some kind of joke? Like, he paid me for it, though. <laughs> paid him ten sous. And Busway's like, Jolie, lend me ten sous. What's yours is mine, and mine is yours. <laughs> Not from our shared bank account. Yeah. And then I'll put well- it on the split wise. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's also like, Grantaire, you also lend me ten sous. And they get, like, twenty sous. Plus the ten, this tall, whoever this tall, <laughs> fair-haired boy could be. Uh, That's a great tip. Thirty sous, pretty good. Yeah. Give that to the child, who's like, thank you. What's your name? Neve. Gavroche's friend. And I was like, it wasn't Gavroche? <laughs> and they're like, oh, stay with us, eat with us. And the kid's like, oh, I can't. I'm in the procession. I'm the one that's shouting down with Polly Neck. Yep, sure. I don't know what that is. I'm about to look it up. I'm, I'm going to assume it's a person. Prince of Polignac. Okay, it is a person. Well down with them, he says. <laughs> Briefly third Duke of Polignac in 1847 was a French statesman and ultra-royalist politician after the revolution. He served as prime minister under Charles X just before the Ju- July Revolution in 1830 that overthrew the senior line of the House of Bourbon. To some upper class politician type? Yeah. Um, okay. Like semi close to royalty. Mm-hmm. That makes sense then. Well, down with him, we say. Yeah. Nevet leaves, but dragging his feet, which is the most respectful of all possible salutations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when the kid's gone, Grant hair's like. That's the gammon, pure and simple. There are many varieties of gammon species. The gammon lawyer is called the errand boy. The gammon cook, the scallion. The gammon baker, baker's assistant. The gammon footman, boot boy. <laughs> gammon seaman, the cabin boy. Gammon soldier, the drummer boy. Gammon artist, apprentice. Gammon shopkeeper, counter jumper. <laughs> gammon courtier, the minion. Minion? <laughs> that, is that just how you actually do spell minion? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was Megamite. <laughs> The Mignon (laughs) The Gammon King The Dauphin The Gammon God The Bambino (laughs) That's what I call Jesus Mm. Busway meanwhile is thinking To himself He's like ABC Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely been to a meeting about this one (laughs) That means the Mark's funeral Grant has like And the tall fair haired fellow That has to be on Jolas (laughs) Tipping you off. Busway's like, shall we go? I, I fucking love these boys, because I thought it would only be Grantaire who's like this, but Jolie's like, oh, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> I've sworn to go under fire, but not water. <laughs> <laughs> must fucking suck. You know, like, you might die today, and you're like, oh, but it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> the weather really does rain off things. Yeah. Because it fucking sucks out there. You're going to yeah. be so wet. But it didn't put off most of France. It's like only these three guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to catch cold, <laughs> says Jolie. I only read how they said it. <laughs> how it's spelled for me. <laughs> I've taken no artistic license with Jolie <laughs> today. I'm staying here, said Grantaire. I prefer a meal to a hearse. Conclusion. We stay, <laughs> says Busway. <laughs> Well then, let's drink. Besides, we can miss the funeral without missing the riot. <laughs> yeah. We'll go, like, we'll go later. Like, they, they've got to get through the boring shit. Like, they don't even, like... We don't need to watch the ads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is always half an hour of credits. <laughs> they're just, they're literally pre-drinking <laughs> the riot. <laughs> we haven't even fucking finished the tequila yet, man. Like, what are we going to do? So Jolie's like, yeah, count V in for the riot. I don't really care about your revolution, said Grantaire. I have no strong feelings against the government. It's a crown moderated by the nightcap. He goes on one again where you're like, I don't know how much sense this makes. Grantaire's drinking really morosely now, though. He's like, Ojolas despises me. (laughs) Ojolas said, Jolie's ill. Grantaire's drunk. So he sent the vet to Busway. <laughs> if he'd come to fetch me, I'd have followed him. <laughs> Too bad for a Jolas. I can't go to the funeral. <laughs> it's so... I was hoping that this was at the end of this one, because I couldn't remember, and I was like, this whole thing, this whole chapter of Grantaire just being like... And anyway, I hate other people and I hate everything. It's 100% because he didn't get invited to but the cool people's brunch. <laughs> he wasn't at the get ready... 
What what are those fucking YouTube? Is it literally get ready with me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A day in the life. Of, yeah, yeah. So that's why he had to join the brunch party. Yeah. And yeah, he's got all this like I don't even care about all the things. And then yeah, you get him drunk enough, and he's like, it's because Julius didn't invite me. Yeah. Like a hundred percent, Bossway and Julie were like, oh, we're gonna have like our little breakfast together. Like you guys go on ahead. Yeah. We'll like join you for the second part. But like, <laughs> um, we we want we prefer like a quiet morning, mm. and then we'll get into. To it and the other guys are like okay 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 and then Grantel was like oh so there's like a bigger there's like there's another one happening oh like Kufarak and Confer they're like they're there oh Fui got an invitation oh that's Marius was invited well that's only because it's only because he lives there he lives there. there so like you if, have to yeah like if I live there uh, then obviously they would have invited me but they knew that I had that rager last night anyway, so actually they were being considerate <laughs> about me. And anyway, I wouldn't have wanted to go because there's that beautiful woman and she was getting married to that banker, so I've got to talk her down from that. Actually, yeah, I'm really busy, so I have to go anyway to something else. <laughs> <laughs> Crying into his wine. <laughs> I just love that Busway and Jolie were just like, it took nothing that they were like, Oh, it's raining. And like, God, Ted doesn't want to go. Like, we couldn't leave him here alone. He'd be so morose. They'd understand. Andrea's just rejected him. Like, we have to be good friends. So they're just like, by two in the afternoon. So that's nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's five hours of drinking. <laughs> Quite impressive. Grantaire had waylaid Jolie and Bossuet with wine. I don't think they needed much waylaying, it sounds like. And Bosway and Jolie had put Grantaire back on the road to cheerfulness. So, like, we're all getting something out of this. Since noon, Grantaire had moved on from wine. No great source of dreams. In the matter of drunkenness, there is white magic and black magic. Wine is only white magic. Grantaire was an adventurous drinker of dreams. The blackness of extreme drunkenness, far from deterring him, attracted him. The tankard is the abyss, so he's moved on from wine. He's now drinking, and I was like, oh, tankard. And in my head, tankards are always full of beer. Mm. And then he was like, so here's when we do our Lamers inspired feast, the drink we have to serve to fucking kill us. <laughs> Brandy, stout, and absinthe. Oh my god. <laughs> That's, that's, that, even a single sip. I like that you have not just one, like, um, hard mixer in there. You, like, I, it's probably not even just, like, a spritz of absinthe. He's, like, <laughs> half and half. The stout is the mixer. <laughs> God. Beer, brandy, and absinthe. The leadness of the soul is made from those. And you're like, yeah, you go fucking <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. He's drunk a crate of wine and that's not touched yeah. him. And now he's like drinking tankards of this. Oh. Three silent furies take shape from these nightmare, night, and death. <laughs> yeah. That is, I've been rejected by my man for yep. the final yep. time drink. Yeah. Grantair was not yet at that dire stage, though. <laughs> <laughs> Far from it. He's very merry. Maybe even uh, overly married, trying to pretend like nothing hurts him. Mm. And it's all fine. They're all clinking glasses. Bosway and Jolie are also like, hee hee hee. Like, they're having such a good time <laughs> at the pregame. So, like, I can just imagine in the same way that all of us would like, I'm so glad we missed the funeral. Like, I'm glad that that happened. <laughs> that, we, that things happened so that we couldn't go. And, like, this is full for the best. Like, really, <laughs> yeah. it was fake. Actually, it's better this way because, like, if we had gone, then the traffic and, yeah, like, yeah. we can still, like, roll around later and, like, see the people that we actually want to see. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just text them later and see where they've ended up. <laughs> yeah, Grantaire's like emphasizing his words, throwing his hands around, like it takes no amount of absinthe for us to do that. But <laughs> he's resting his left fist, no, on his knee, his arm forming a right angle. That's as right as I can make this angle. Astride his stool with his cravat untied. His full glass in his right hand. And he's just, like, really drunk talking to the various maids and the female owner. Just like, oh, the right to embrace Madame Wuschloff, let's drink. <laughs> and Jolie is like, don't give Gr- Grantaire any bore to drink. 
<laughs> He's bending bunny like water. <laughs> so they they're keeping this place afloat at least, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Grant has like, who is it that fetched down the stars without my permission and put them on the table as candles? <laughs> <laughs> and Lusray is also extremely drunk, mm. but retained his composure. He sat in the like in the windowsill mm. with his back onto the street, just like it's raining on his back and he just like doesn't give a shit. He's just like watching his friends like they're zoo animals, I guess. <laughs> I, I do like that kind of drunkenness when yeah. you're just like, ah, oh, I can feel so drunk, but everything's so entertaining. <laughs> and so clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly he heard a commotion behind him. People running, cries of Tom's and he turns around and it's Ajolas passing by with a rifle in his hand, Gavroche with his pistol, Fuli with his sabre, Kouferak with his sword, Jean Prouvier with his musketoon, Combefer with his rifle, Bahurah with his carbine, and then like a whole fucking army of like rabble coming up behind them. And it's a really short bit of street of the end <laughs> that we're on. So it's like all going on out the window. And Busway puts two hands around his mouth. He's like, Kuvarak! Hey there! Kuvarak! <laughs> and Kuvarak, like, turns around and is like, oh, shit, what do you want? Busway is like, where are you going? Kuvarak's like, oh, to build a barricade. This is a good play! <laughs> build it here! Build it here! <laughs> so, You're right, Legal, said Kuvarak. <laughs> so then, at Kuvarak's signal, the crowds sweeps down the street and they're coming here so they didn't even have to leave their primary location like fetching so drunken genius <laughs> oh, it's just so it's such a beautiful vivid image like this whole chapter it's so could just be staged so easily <laughs> you say directly yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of grand hair talking shit but also just a lot of... They're just fucking amusing. Like, we don't spend much time with the boys, actually. Yeah. But every time we do, you're like, fuck, this is so good, you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just, like, fun to be around. Mm. I do... I do... I mean, this is a very memorable one for me, because I'm like, well, A, you get some boys being boys mm. before the barricade. And it also, like you say, it is the, like, lightness before the storm kind of thing, like... He is really laying it on thick. <laughs> oh, you love these boys, and they're just having a nice little brunch. Like, <laughs> look how much fun they're having, and they're only drinking on oysters on their stomachs. Like they're <sighs> fucked. Yeah, so fucked. And bad oysters. They're gonna be shitting their brains out. Yeah. Jolie has a cold already. Oh, <laughs> like it's such the the fact that Jolie's speech has the miss. Like, the words are written for you to read them with his blocked nose. So yeah. you're like, this is just a fucking comedy bit. Mm. This is panto territory. <laughs> what are we doing? Not doing more with this? <laughs> yeah, they're not even, like, really the ones that are named in the film or on the stage. Yeah, but they're right here talking shit. Mm. I don't know, I have so much fun whenever they show up, which I know will not be for long. <laughs> They're here for a good time, but not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last out of you. <laughs> Every new chapter, I'm like, who's this going to be a wrap on now? <laughs> but yeah, whenever the plot catches up, you're like, oh, Hugo, you got me again. You write a good plot. If you could just keep writing a good plot. <laughs> Has anyone done a Les Mis, just the Les Mis cut? Director's cut. What? Like, lame is, but it's just the plot of lame Oh, is. like, yeah, the abridged versions usually take ah. out all of the, like... Everything else. Yeah. How long is that? Would they take out our best man? Yeah, they usually take out, um, Muriel. <gasps> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I to open the page and to pair <laughs> It was fate! <laughs> yeah, they usually start with Valjean going to the mayor, like, rather than having that whole first bit with the bishop. And they obviously take out all of the digressions and... And Waterloo. Waterloo. I'll make my director's cat <laughs> that still has all of the um, Bishop Muriel stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
one of the the critics I was reading the other day was a real staunch, staunch like defender of the water blue bit. I bet they are. <laughs> I they bet there's like, many. Anyone who takes it out is a fool who doesn't understand why it's so important for lameness. Every word of Waterloo. <laughs> I was like, Dude. I feel like that's I, you can only, like I I do get like a lot of it. Not a lot of it. Like, some of it, you can understand that it's important, right? The, like, stuff about Napoleon... Uh, yeah. The stuff about uh, Pomessi and Thenardier at the end, but, like, leading into it and stuff. Like, there are bits in that year, like, contextually, for someone in the 19th century, it's, like, an important political thing that he is doing. Yes. <laughs> and then you read it in, uh, 160 years later and you're like, it's just going out of my uh... head. Yeah, I have to, I, I know, I'm pretty sure it was Denny, his mm. translation, where you were like, boo, Denny, boo. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was in his intro that he was like, some people treat Hugo like he's, fuck, what was the, the wording? Something about like, on the, like a painting oh. or like a prized, I feel like prized cow came up. I can't remember <laughs> the exact like metaphor of like, yeah. as if he's too perfect to touch. I'm going to cut what I cut. And I was like, I respect this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't cut any, like he does, that's just fun. And like, I just don't, you know, where it's like, oh, but maybe these bits that slow it down makes me really appreciate the boys. And you're like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think I would just enjoy, I enjoy stories <laughs> that are stories. <laughs> but I do get that, like, that's not what he- Hugo is coming at this with the agenda, kind of, yeah. of like, I'm going to teach the bourgeois classes to care about poor people. And you're like, I guess. But it is fun when it's the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you should have told it in the story, Hugo. <laughs> also, just yeah, any chapter that's like he Marius. Yeah, yeah. Is is an instant hall of fame for me. So I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like Gonte, Jolie, and um, Bosway are like. I mean, they're just very relatable characters. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, one day I'll be allowed to access the fix again. <laughs> the Gruntag usually was drinking with two other boys and in fix, and I'm now assuming it was these two boys, mm. seeing as they have this moment here, so yeah. it would only make sense. Yeah, another one who also drinks with him, like, not in the, this really, but in fanfic is Bahorel, because he has that, like... Big fun boy? Yeah. But where's my cheat sheet of boys? <laughs> Bahorel. Good humoured, yeah. (laughs) 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 And I think a lot of people like to put Guante and um, Jehan together as well, because they're the, like, arty ones. When will I be able to access that thing? (laughs) It's only me putting this embargo on myself. Just enjoyed those three boys hanging out. Well, the next chapter has Guante in the title, so... We don't need to start mourning yet, <laughs> but maybe soon. What was that called? Marius enters into darkness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Any any thoughts, feelings? This was a nice little. Um, it was definitely the interlude. Like F- feels like a fun interlude. <laughs> yeah. They could end any time. Darkness starts to descend on Grantaire. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh lord, you're coming. Yep, yep. This is the bit, the the Gonte bit, the the bit that I knew off by heart, the like, uh, rant about the Turk. Mm, there was a bit more to that as well. Yeah, it is one of those bits that I've um talked a lot about in my thesis, just because it's like one of those things where it's like Gonte is treated in fandom like he is fandom's boy. He is like everyone loves him kind of thing, and mm. he, like you know, especially the biggest ship in the fandom is Andras and Guante, and loads of people like in fandom. It's really easy. I think you would spend a little bit of time in fandom, and you would learn. Oh, he was a boxer, a painter, like has all these other things. Mm. You learn that he's like um, a skeptic, and all of the stuff about classical imagery between them, the kind of like Apollo Dionysus stuff, and all of that. But nobody talks about this rant where he goes about on a racist rant about like Islam and about women and stuff and I think some of the women stuff is like treated it's kind of talked about but it's like one of those things where it's like we're just not gonna Mm. address it like he is misogynistic towards women in it and I think it is one of those fandom like escapism things to be like 
And we put that over there because that's yeah. Hugo more than it is anything else. But the Islam thing, I think, is interesting because it doesn't come up at all in Phantom Lake. Yeah. It isn't mentioned at all. And, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it changes him as a character in my head from someone who is just the kind of, like... You know, it, it would be easy to make the Barricade Boys into a liberal group of, like, queer mm. people. But to have a person like Guantaire who really wants to be a part of it, but really only because of this one guy. Yeah. Who is also pretty racist, like, pushes him more into the, like, incel kind of thing. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> interesting. Yeah. The, like, it, it is interesting, you know, in fandom, there's loads of conversation about Valjean and Javert, especially Javert, about him not being a good character. And, like, people having the conversation of, like, oh, you're, like, woobifying him too much, or, like, <laughs> oh, actually, he he's also very misogynistic, and he the way he treats Fontaine and stuff, and so, you know, in all of the, like, <laughs> discourse stuff about, like, oh, you can't ship, blah, 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 blah mm. and, like, you can't treat this man like a good person because he blah, 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 and, like, how can you what's the word, rehabilitate him or reclaim him or whatever yeah. when he's like, when he treated Fontaine like this, you're just sacrificing women for your gay ship. Yeah. And then it gets to like Guantaire and it's like, so you willingly put aside the like misogynistic towards women, that's one thing, but also you willingly put aside the like anti-Islamic stuff and um, like that is a, that's a whole thing. <laughs> There's like three pages in here. Like mm. not all of it is about Islam, obviously, but that that's not a conversation that's being had in fandom. Like, you know, and you know, people should ship what they want to ship and all of that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm saying, but just the awareness of things. And there is a, a initiative. Uh, there's like a fandom activity right now, which is like um, rewriting chapters into like modern day. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's really interesting, and one of the ones that I wanted to do was this one, just because I think it would be really interesting, like, it would be quite startling, I think, yeah. to fans who haven't read the book, or maybe have read it, but kind of skimmed across this, because, you know, it doesn't actually have a lot to do with the plot, so I think it is easy to, yeah. like, skirt through it, kind of like you did, to be like, oh, he goes on an ADHD run, and, like, this isn't important, he's just drunk yeah. and rambling, but to take part in one of these kind of initiative things and to write it into one day like language you just wouldn't find him attractive or reclaimable i think mm, or you'd have to work hard on yeah. make him go through doing the work yeah like reading a let's say he's like 27 year old in 2023 getting wine drunk at 9 a.m mm. and then talking shit about women then talking shit about Muslim people, I think <laughs> everyone would be like, why are you shipping him with yeah. anyone? Like, he is a trash person. Yeah, because I got, yeah. Because, I mean, his rant is so long that I was like, oh, which bits do I bob into? And mm-hmm. there is the part of me that's like, oh, is this... But I was like, I, I can't not bring up at least a bit mm-hmm. him being like, oh, I want to be a Turk so that I can look at women. Because, yeah, he because you're like, oh, well, he does say... Why do people look down on them? There's some good there, but it's literally ju- is just about the um, I only respect them because my view of this religion is that you get to look at women. Yeah. Also, there was a war going on at this point, and um, I can't remember the specifics of it, but essentially, like he is baiting the liberals around him essentially Ooh. by also being like why is everyone looking down on the turks because there was a fight for freedom happening i think it was the greek greeks versus ottomans mm-hmm. and so the ottomans were like doing some imperialism colonialism like pushing borders and stuff and the greeks were on the fight for freedom and independence right so like people like andras would be on the side of the greeks fighting for independence mm-hmm. So I think that's also where this is coming from. Is oh, just to just to be devil's advocate. Exactly right. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's always that fandom thing of like the double standard of like. Mm. I mean, I, I, you absolutely would care about this, even if they weren't being like, "Well, you can't shit like Japan," blah, 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 blah. but mm. there's such there is such a like. Well, if you're gonna say I can't do this, <laughs> you better fucking stop have, doing that then, like, because yeah. it is especially I guess when it's the like. You shouldn't do this crusty old man ship, but my young man ship is 
fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also like, um, like uh, I was quite surprised there was one critic I would try and find who it was. I think it was David Bellos, who essentially was like, you know, when you look at Andras, he stands for science and freedom and education, specifically in, in that kind of like freedom comes through education and science. And um, he was like, you know, the for Hugo, these were utopian goals, like to educate everyone is mm. to fight for freedom. And that's what Andras stands for is the utopian hope of the future. And um, I think it was Belos was like, what Andras, what is so scary about reading it for him was like, Andras is described as a very blonde, very like angelic, mm. beautiful man who is like a leader, very like charismatic, like scarily charismatic, and who is advocating for a kind of like it's not one to one with like Orion, Arian, 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 um, like Nazism, but that. Bellos can see in Andras the kind mm. of like seeds of we have the kind of science that can eliminate the kind of darkness that is poverty mm-hmm. and it's conversations like that where it's like you know Hugo like wasn't saying that yeah he was just falling into the classic not even trap just the classic like thinking of the time of like your goodness like he doesn't always have your goodness showing on your face, but that was so, like there is that like we had the same with Cosette, you know they're mm-hmm. like beautiful, very fair skinned, like mm-hmm. angelic glow about them with their blonde hair and their blue eyes mm-hmm. to show how good and pure they are, which is the same like root thinking with all the like Aryan bullshit. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, if he's not, he goes not coming necessarily at the same thing but like there's at least that subconscious like why else would he have chosen to make these characters look like that when he doesn't describe many people yeah Uh, (laughs) it's just one of those like yeah 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 another one in the long line of like this is what is interesting about my thesis that nobody has actually talked about these things before Mm. and that is yeah just when you notice them and then they start coming up and then you're like... Like, to be fair, like, um, when I first read the book, I didn't notice them either. It was only when I read it through the second or third time that I started noticing all of these things that, like, yeah. keep coming up. And then you're like, oh, I I did have the, like, fandom blinkers on where I was yeah. only highlighting sections that was like, oh, and then Grantaire is like, <laughs> yeah. oh, if, if he had taught... If he had asked for me, then I would have gone, but... I, I'm not because he didn't so bully for him kind of thing yeah like. yeah there's definitely been other times over the course of the book I can't uh, you, I know my brain I wouldn't be able to open a page to any of them but where like a character I wouldn't expect to like make a really misogynist comment or whatever will say something mm-hmm. and that you're like do I even because you know I, I am very much skimming through in the recap chapters, like, do mm. I even bring this up? Because then that's like a discussion that you're like, oh, is there any? Oh, I don't know. And then like the times where I will be like, so that did happen. All the times where you're like, oh, we're just like powering through. Mm. And then certain ones where I'm like, Nemo knows it's here. <laughs> like Nemo, like if I don't, Nemo will be like, I know that you skimmed over that. <laughs> but with my brain, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it happens here. But I'll ask anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Now we can get back to um. Well, uh, d- does it change who you think's gonna die? Oh, the order. Yeah. What even did I say the order was? Because now these boys are quite drunk. Yeah, I had Bosley and Jolie quite far down the list. <laughs> but they've got a trip and fall. They're pretty fucking drunk. So maybe I would put them. Oh no! Actually, I have them quite. I have them right at the beginning of the oh, list. Yeah. Oh, I was right. <laughs> okay, then no. Yeah, they're four and five after yeah. Mabuf, Ebony, and Gavroche. After the um, the old people, the women and children. <laughs> and then, then the, the wine the drunk, drunks. The drunks. I'd, I think, did I put Bosway before Jolie? I think because I thought that would be sadder for Jolie to see Bosway go down. But Jolie's already sick as well. <laughs> so, not looking good, Jolie. <laughs> oh, I think I also put him there because I was like, how... Well, can he run away? Because oh. he, now he's drunk, has a cold, has a cane. Like, who? 
who's going to take that cane from him and build a barricade with it? I feel like that could happen to him. Mm. I need to be worried about that for him now. <laughs> and now you care about him. I care about him. Nose. <laughs> I already cared about all the boys. Mm. Do you love on my list that everyone got uh, things to remind me about them except for Andrew Less and Grotter? <laughs> where you're like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but now I've got to add like, Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Orion. <laughs> Arian. I, I don't mm. know why I can't say that word. Well, we've got more boys to look forward to and more to unpack to come. Yeah. And only one more digression left. Oh, really? Yeah. The sewers? Yeah. Ah, well, that one sounds like it could be fun. <laughs> it's like going to sneak up on us at okay. any moment. <laughs> This has been Brandon Barricade's The Lame Is Podcast, the, the sewer jump scare uh, machine, produced by me, Nima Martin, and Julian Yap. It was Catherine's Collections Podcast. If you feel like the energy was so much better in this episode, you can send us a comment or a quibble or a question on our email, lamerspodcast at gmail.com, or on Twitter at lamerspodcast, or on Tumblr at Brandon Barricades, or you can tell us that we should go back to being segregated forever (laughs) if you like this podcast you can give us a review uh, on anywhere that you review things on Spotify or on uh, iTunes or you can give us money on our Ko-fi or our Patreon which are both in the description our audio designer is Jade you can find on her website jadeusavi.com or on her bandcamp jadeusavi.bandcamp.com where you can download the theme tune and it's really freaking me out that Stevie is sat right next to me in total silence just watching me I was, no, I was purposely not looking at you <laughs> I closed my eyes so I didn't get to see whether you were looking at me um, but I think that's everything so thank you for listening yeah donate to the Kofi so and we will eat an oyster a cheese and a ham before recording and stuff all of that into a car into the bitch <laughs> <laughs>